You're going to cry about it. You're going to complain about it. You're going to much more to the point. You're going to give up. Everybody, welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and uh, he's not just my colleague; he's my friend. Just before we started rolling today, uh, I had a little chat with Zoe about some uh, some personal setbacks and in things, and uh, we often talk about this kind of thing both before and after the shows, and sometimes without the shows. I get a lot of I get a lot of great insight from Zoe, and in this particular case, um, what we were talking about was uh, was this idea of you know this kind of this kind of hurt you get after uh, after a setback, where you know you were counting on somebody, or you were you know uh, expecting something that that seemed not only reasonable but agreed to, and then it just falls through, or whatever the case may be. We see setbacks, obviously, on the political scene pretty much every day with things that just are like, my God, honestly, uh, I saw Senator Cruz to, or I saw a, t- a, a clip of Senator Cruz addressing the associate, the assistant director of the FBI, saying. Do you, in fact, have 17 recordings of, of an informant saying that Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe? And the, and the assistant director of the FBI said, I'm not going to get into that with you, Senator. I thought, that's interesting. Would be nice to throw some contempt of Congress charges at this guy, but why don't we do that? Well, I guess it's because we don't have control of the Senate in the House. That's why. Or at least the Senate. Um, and and. All of these sense of setbacks and all of these sense of, you know, you get your pride wounded and then you get filled with, you know, oh, you know, it's kind of despair. But Zoe, you said something that I thought was really interesting, and that was, um, you know, that, that this is a result of expectations. And expectations uh, are are the enemy of just about everything. And I, I realized something deeper about that, and that's why I wanted to talk about this topic on the show, because I realized that when you put your faith in 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 other people not even not for them to do your job for you so much but when you when you are planning on on things that uh, you know on, on help that you end up not getting whatever the case may be uh and you feel this really stung and kind of you know hopeless kind of thing and i realized it, it's a form of abdication and um and obviously we we know the term abdication in terms of like abdicating the crown but the second definition i really liked a lot it said it's the failure to fulfill a responsibility or duty and i think what i realized out of this is is that when 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 you have this kind of setbacks and god knows you and i have had a, a just a whole string of them and there are many times when i want to say you know god i, I know suffering builds character i think i've got enough character <laughs> uh but but it is it's it's what it is is it's a result of abdication on my part. It's not accepting full responsibility or uh, failure to fulfill a responsibility or a duty. You and I both feel responsibility and duty to um, to spread the truth and to uh, you know whether whatever uh, storms may come our way. Uh, this is not a particularly lucrative business in uh, this side of the aisle. If we were to both you know, turn our coats and be former conservatives who came to see the light. I'm sure we've been making a lot more money, but it's not about the money even. It's about, it's this realization I had from speaking with you that this uh, sense of kind of, you know, disappointment and hurt is 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 because I had abdicated the responsibility and duty for getting these messages out there by 
by depending on other people to do certain aspects of this when in point of fact, that should be considered a luxury rather than uh, something to, to, to base the entire strategy on. Man, I hate having to depend on other people. I hate it. But, I mean, because uh, here's the thing, man. The, the caveat to that is, is um, you know, there, there needs to be some cooperation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we got if we're going to get things done, man, we need to be able to cooperate. And I guess that's a whole different kind of, you know, dependency or, or being dependable uh, or mm-hmm. being able to depend on other people. That's that's a whole not rather than a kind of like codependency to get to get things done. But being depend, I mean, um. If if we invest this kind of faith in other people, man, hey, people gonna let you down. That's just the way it is. That's our nature. We're even if we don't mean to, we are going to let each other down. Now that doesn't mean that we're supposed to treat each other with like a sense of prejudice where you can't, you know, trust in anybody. But that kind of faith, that 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 faith is is only worthy of the Lord Himself, and that's what you want to preface these things going in, so you have the constitution to be able to get through where men will fail each other. Um, I mean, the Lord tells us, look, man, we're supposed to love one another. And and, invo- and and with that is going to involve trust. I need you to stay trusting. Don't be consumed by, you know, the uh, the the, the gun, shy, gun shyness of man. People let me down and things like that. God's like, no, man, keep going. You know, I need you to maintain your level of trust. But that investment of trust goes into me. And that gives you the constitution to be able to react with other people without being you know, uh, uh, standoffish or unapproachable or anything like that. You could still mobilize with integrity, regardless of failures and things like that, because failures are going to happen. But as, as the saying, what's that saying goes, man? Um, success is uh, is repeated failures without losing enthusiasm. You know, it's you got to yeah. you got to draw on something more strong than yourself to be able to maintain that enthusiasm and keep on going. Yeah, that's the thing I found myself with after the kind of the sting of this thing. Uh, started to fade, I, I found myself thinking, well, it's up to you again. Um, and there's a kind of liberation in that, you know? It, it's like, yes, it's, you know, the, the, that's just more work that I have to do and more, um, just more effort and, and I'm feeling pretty overextended as it is, but but at least then you feel like, okay, well, the one person I know uh, is gonna uh, keep my, basically going to not let me down is is me unless of course i could let myself down but at least i have control over that decision that my actions are the only thing in the world that i really have control over in terms of uh, interpersonal relationships i can't control anything that happens on the other side of a of a, a relationship directly i mean i can try to be worthy of you know respect or or love or or gratitude or whatever the case may be but but ultimately i'm not i'm not in control of those of the other party's uh, actions or feelings, but I am in control of mine. So um, I found it to be uh, just really disappointing. And at the same time, kind of like a, like a cattle prod, you know, like, okay, man, you know, next, you know, now what? Uh, And, and your, your, your comment about just keep finding the the strength to go on. I I don't know really what it is, there is a um i don't know if it's noble or just plain stupid uh but <laughs> i really i honestly don't but i do know that it, but you and i both talked about this we both feel like we've been um given an assignment or 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 be- maybe better to say that we've been selected uh for for a certain purpose and that 
and that that selection is uh, is something you can turn down. But if you decide to accept it, it's not only high honor; it's a it's a uh, it's, it's it's it makes your life worth worthwhile. And you had pointed out uh, before we started rolling here today that uh, that God has a plan that doesn't necessarily present itself as blindingly obvious to you <laughs> at any time in the process. Indeed, man. And, and I know I know uh, at, at these times, man, that may sound like really cliche to a lot of people. And, and it may sound cliche and even a cop out, you know, to be able to cope with, uh, you know, your disappointments and stuff like that. Because a lot of people, you know, they hear that in, uh, in the Christianese. God has a plan for you and God has your season, you know, the prosperity doctrine kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I learned a long time ago, man, it ain't about me and it ain't about my plan. What I read in the word of God, when I hold the Bible, I'm holding the textual representation of the Lord himself. I am holding his word and it ain't about me. And it's not looking for what my uh, desires are or my ambitions are or anything like that. The, the, the objective of it is, is to see him in the scriptures and to be able to declare I have seen him. So that is that is my job to report and I will find different mediums to be able to, whether it's through music or whether it's through teleplays or commentary or anything like that, to report what squares up with who he is and the truth according to him. So that that is that is my that is my directive. And um, you know, it's just like you said, you know, when it comes down to depending on yourself to be able to do these things, the Lord tells us, I want you to be self-controlled. I need you to be self-humbling. But even to do these things, it takes the fortification of him to be able to, because our pride will get in the way of all that. That's a hard thing to move. You know? It is. So it's like that's why we have to draw on him to be able to do these things. So when we're mobilized uh, um, to to carry out this stuff and we're thinking, OK, um, what what's my purpose? here? I don't feel like I'm accomplishing what I'm supposed to be able to accomplish. And we, as a matter of fact, I feel like I'm being flipped and held back. You know, uh, once once again, let's remember it ain't about us. And that's the, the bottom line, dude. It's that's of, the bottom line. Yeah. And here's the thing. But we feel like we're being held back. Well, the Lord himself is like to us, we're arrows in his quiver. So when we feel like we're being held back, that is you. That is me. That's anybody else who feels like they're being held back. But they know that they've got a purpose and they've got something. Your purpose is to be an arrow in the Lord's quiver. And in order for him to fire that bow, he's got to what? Pull it back. Hmm. Hold. Hold. Yeah, and and the arrow, uh, the arrow should not be deciding where to fly, right? I mean, that's the archer's job is to point the arrow where it's supposed to go, and the that's arrow it. should have no say in that particular aspect. That's it. So God is, you know, your in, job is just to fly straight and true, and and uh, and hit what you're being aimed at. It's not your choice to pick the targets, or the time, or any of that stuff. Amen. That's it. That's it. And you know, and the Lord's directive to us is to be fruitful. We do have something to do, and we will be fruitful in the passions that He's given us. If our passion is to promote the truth and the Lord has given us uh, creative um, propensities to be able to do it, he expects us to do it. But we're in his army and you can't be the one who just says, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and charge the enemy. And you'll probably end up getting yourself destroyed and other people destroyed when they depended on you to hold, hold your position and wait for your orders. I mean, there's going to be times, you know, we, we have the... Um, the option, of course, to, to realize when we're supposed to mobilize uh, um, despite, you know, what the chain, the chain of command says. Only if you have that fortification from the Lord to have the discernment to do so. 
Because if not, you're going to be a liability to yourself and the rest of your compatriots. So it's one of those things to have the discipline and and the uh, the focus to be able to trust in our general to know how to mobilize us with the talent, the passion, the skills that he's given us. It's like, yeah, I know, man, you, you really want it. You want it. You want to get in the field, man. I understand. You want to get some. I know you want to get some. Hold on, man. <laughs> just just hold on. Keep keep yeah. yourself ready. Keep yourself yeah. ready. Keep yourself trained up. I will deploy you at the right time. Yeah, the put spirit. me in, coach. You know, yeah, I'm 64 years old here. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, that, of course, see, even the arrogance of saying something like that, right? Just the... Just the, the the self-centeredness of a statement like that. It's not like I've been sitting on the sidelines not doing anything, you know. I mean, put me in. It's like I've been in this yeah, I've been in this fight for over 20 years now mm-hmm. and 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 doing more good than I realize sometimes. Um yeah, so that's that's another ex- uh, you know, it's another um expectation, right? Mm-hmm. This expectation of uh well, I have these this I have just these visions of, of things that are just so much more uh, effective and, 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 and uh, wide ranging and all the rest of it. And I, and I, I sometimes wonder why I'm just getting, you know, I just can't get this thing out of the garage. Mm. And um, yeah, my, my wife uh, has been here for almost seven years now. And uh, she had, uh, she'd never learned to drive before. Uh, she had, um, lived in Russia where you don't, you know, it was public transportation anywhere. And furthermore, she'd been in two particularly bad uh, accidents where the driver rear-ended another car. So she was pretty intimidated by the LA driving scene and, and had been beating herself up for not driving for quite a quite a while now. And then suddenly, um, not too, you know, six months ago, she just decided to go out, get the, um, the learn, you know, pass the written test. And start taking driving lessons. And now she's pestering me every day. Can we drive some more? She drove us out to um, Oxnard and back uh, just before I left. Uh, and, and that was a hundred mile round trip roughly. And and every time, why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I do this earlier? You know, and I just keep saying, hey, you weren't ready to do it earlier. You know, it, you just, for whatever reason, it wasn't time. And then when it was time, here you go. And you're kicking its butt, you know. You're, you've gone from being terrified of this to not being able to get enough of it. <laughs> and that only happened because of other things that had to get in line in order for it to happen. Don't don't beat yourself up for the for the time that it didn't happen. It took a lot of courage for you to go out there, get that um, written test in the face of some of the trauma you've been in, because that's the only word for it, you know. And um, and for those people who grew up driving as I did as a kid, and not, not only grew up driving, but grew up in cars, most Americans grew up in our cars the idea of you know being nervous about driving is just it's like it's 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 almost inconceivable because we've we've spent our entire lives in cars especially people of my generation and to suddenly come to a world where uh you're you're facing these high speed freeways and you know and, and la drivers and, and and all the rest of it it's it's hard to appreciate just how intimidating that can be but she just found the the courage to do it when the moment came she did it and and I should be giving myself some of the advice that I give to her, I think, you know, I think she felt like she had abdicated um, a responsibility, a necessity in, in this town. You know, I think she felt like she just plain abdicated the responsibility and the duty of learning to drive to get around Los Angeles and was not treating herself very well about it. 
And now that the moment, once the moment came, the turnaround and the, the reversal was so astonishing and so fast. I should probably take some of my own advice on this one, I think, you know. I heard that, man. And, you know, um, you know, when we think about and, and you know, going going to um, put uh, applying that, applying that to like, you know, feeling like, man, why is this taking so long and why aren't we able to do, you know, what it is and, you know, um, and the timing of it. You know, and all these things, like you said, have been set in your way to 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 keep you from seem like keeping doing what you're supposed to do. So, man, why couldn't I have been doing this earlier? Um, you know, the Lord Himself, man. You, you we wonder. It's like, well, God, you know what it is that I want, and I'm asking for it. You know, I thought I thought I was supposed to get it. I mean, even Jesus Himself, you know, asked God, say, "Hey, uh, you know, pops, if there's any other way that we could do this, that would be fantastic." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like even Jesus didn't get what He wanted the way that He wanted it, but. No, exactly. Are, yeah. are we really married to this whole cross thing? I mean, is, yeah. there a, you know, is that a, like a deal breaker or something? If, yeah. yeah. But that's but, that's actually that's actually uh, extremely comforting. Yes. Thought, to know it you is. Know. I mean, but it's like, man, is is do we have to go through that? Even something, even like kind, even not even as close to that. But I mean, but that's a lot of suffering that Jesus, like, hey, pops, you know, if this cup could pass me, that'd be really fantastic. You know, any other ways, but. In God's way, thanks be to him in, in the sacrifice that Jesus made, basically throwing a grenade or uh, growing himself over a grenade for us uh, in that we have a chance for salvation. That is the bigger reward as far as Jesus goes or, or even as far as Paul. And we wonder, it's like, man, why go through all that? Or like take, for instance, Paul. Paul said, hey, man, hey, God, man, I got this pain in my side, man. I got this thorn in my side. Can you do something about this? And it seems like God's answer is kind of cold blooded to him. It's like. My grace is sufficient for you. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with this thorn on my side. But in looking at it, you can see God's plan in it because the thorn in Paul's side was actually called a message. It was sent as a message from the devil himself, right? That's what the thorn in the side was. And the thorn in Paul's side is is, is the word is like skilopos. In Greek, it's, it's, uh, it's like skilopos. And what it means is a, a a a sharp pain at the hip and something and it's and it's it's like a uh it's like a bifurcated it's like it's like a compound word it's like what you can observe and a sharp pain in your side that's what it means so this sharp pain in Paul's side is reflective of the sharp pain at the hip that was given to Jacob by God himself and what that was was that that pain for Paul was an insignia to the Jews that, look, man, this pain that I have at my hip is reflective that the pain of, of, of that God himself gave to Jacob. That's my insignia. That's and, and, and furthermore, it says that from there, that's where they, would, they were supposed to treat him with dignity and respect as one who came in the name of the Lord. So all that to say, Bill, that what was going through with Paul, what he had to sustain and his prayer not being answered was useful for God because that gave him legitimacy to the Jews who were becoming Christians because they were seeing that. That was that was Paul being deployed to do that. It was a painful deployment, but in doing so, a lot of people got saved. And that's that's what we're supposed to be trying to do. Report. And we're going to find different ways to report. It doesn't always have to be about, I mean, we could be doing, we could do things on history. We could do things on things that have happened like during certain wars and stuff like that. The objective, though, is to make sure that it is not something that is apart from God. 
don't you, we, we're not to take these things, like I've done things for my own glory, Bill. It's like, this is what I want to do. And I, I want I want to be able to do this message and I want to do this. But it was all about me. It was all about my interest. And, and I didn't have God in mind with it. And in doing so, you cannot help but be a contributor to what's going on in the culture that's driving us crazy. It's, it doesn't like even the book of Esther, the book of Esther doesn't even mention God. But the narrative itself is not apart from God. So that way we're not contributing to the decline of the culture. It could be anything. It could be science fiction. It could be any genre. It could be comedy. It could be music or whichever. But to take that and to not include God with it or just make it apart from God, then we're just basically agents of our own destruction. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, again, thanks, man, because that really does help. And when I look at the, the pathology that affects uh, not just our culture, but any late stage civilization is it's just an excess of comfort and and people not only uh are are maybe you could say too comfortable all the time but their expectation of comfort and ease and so on mm. and um and this is cured by being uncomfortable being made to experience discomfort and 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 then you know see what you're made of you know you're going to you're going to cry about it you're going to complain about it you're going to much more to the point you're going to give up um and the more I go through this experience, this life experience, the more I realize, I think, that ultimately, ultimately, there's the, the only real test is not a test of your uh, enthusiasm or your, um, or your uh, talent or your ability to raise money or any of those things. It really just comes down to how much do you believe in what you're doing to be able to continually get knocked down on your butt and then just, you know, say, well... I could either give it up or I can get back up again. And, and then it's like, I guess I'm just a, a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> but that's a, that's a self-serving expression too, because uh, I, I know the things that I want to do are important and, and that I believe in them completely. And I don't believe I put that belief there entirely myself. So uh, I do like that analogy about the uh, arrow not deciding where it's going to go. It's just my job is just to fly straight to what I'm aimed at. And and that's what I'm going to continue to do. And and I'll, I'll just keep continuing to do that until I'm not able to fly anymore, I guess. And if I may interject like really quick, Bill, and, and, and uh, I would offer for folks, it's, it's, it's even more than believing in what you're doing. It's believing in the one who gave it to you to do. That's that's what I yeah that's exactly right, so I just need to keep that in mind and um, and that's what I'll do. So actually, I'm uh, I'm considerably more cheerful than I was yesterday, and I'll be more cheerful even uh, more cheerful tomorrow. And I owe a lot of that to my friend Zoe, who not only provides me a lot of comfort, hopefully provides you a lot of insight and comfort as well. That's one of the main reasons why we do this show, and um, we do hear back from people. Uh, it doesn't have a huge following, but that's okay. Uh, the people that we hear from get something from this, and I hope. I hope you're one of those people. I sincerely do. Uh, for Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle, and we'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal.